Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me for a special Friday night edition of ClickBang. I'm so sorry. I know many of you are looking forward to hearing this news. I've been telling you has come has been has been coming for about a month now about um, uh, five pawns and a big announcement. Unfortunately, this is not under my control. I can't tell you anything until well until I'm allowed to, and that's not going to be tonight. And it's very most likely not going to be this coming Tuesday either. I'll keep you posted. It will be as soon as I can. And yes, it is coming. It's just taking a long time. I'm as Believe me, I'm more frustrated than you. Anyway, what I have for you tonight is something very special. I have been thinking about doing this for a long time. Um, I did a show a while back about the 101 sick jokes for sick folks and even then, I was thinking about performing the aristocrats, and people had, have asked me to do so. So I've been keeping little notes for almost a year now, really. Um, and anytime I get a vile idea, I write it down in, in my uh, in my phone, and I just figured, you know, why not tonight? We're doing, you know, a show on an off night. Uh, why not do this? Uh, I was going to do it at some point. Why not tonight? So that's what we'll be doing. Now, listen, for those of you who are not familiar with the aristocrat joke it's uh one of the most famous jokes at least among comedians and certainly the most vile joke that has ever been uh that's ever been told uh there's a movie which i highly recommend if you're more interested about the joke after you hear this broadcast which is not likely but if you haven't seen this movie which was uh i think done by pen gillette uh it's called the aristocrats and it has dozens of comedians you know george carlin uh, you know, George Carlin, Sarah Silverman, Bob Saget. I mean, you know, really, you know, the top of the top. I think even John Stewart's on it. Anyway, they're they're all doing their own versions of the joke, and really, kind of the 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 point of the joke is to be as vile and disgusting and just inappropriate as possible on on any and all levels. And you know, I rewatched it. Um, I rewatched it a, a few days ago just to, you know, kind of. Really, you know, get some ideas, see what, because it had been a while since i seen the movie. And, you know, I thought to myself, I, I'm like, well, I think I can do better or worse than these comedians. I really think I can. Um, I, I don't know if I can present it as well, but can I be more, you know, more inappropriate than, than these professional comedians who I, I would assume, I mean, you know, Gilbert Gottfried, that's about as bad as it gets. I think I can do better, but I'll let you be the judge. Listen, every week, Clickbang is not safe for work. But this week, it is the most not safe for work it's ever been. This is going to be brutal. So please do not listen near anyone who could be offended and certainly not around children. And with that being said, I present to you the aristocrats. A family walks in to a talent agent's office. They're looking to get booked with a gig, and they walk in, and the talent agent says, Hi, tell me a little bit about yourself. And the father says, We are a three-generation family variety act. And the agent says, I, I'm really sorry. You know, we're, I mostly book gigs at, at comedy clubs and stuff, and that, you know, there just isn't really room for a cutesy family variety act. So you know, I, I could give you someone else. And the, the grandfather then says, listen, I think this is something you really want to see. Now, the agent wanted to say no, but he just couldn't. He's looking at the old man with his 
tired, kind eyes. And, you know, everybody's there in their tuxedos and gowns and even a little dog with a, with a little top hat. So out of just the kindness of his heart, he agreed to see the performance. So they begin. Each performer, the husband, the wife, their son and daughter, the grandmother and grandfather, and Mr. Pooper's the dog. They all come out on stage one after another, walking in a clockwise circle until they form a grand oval. They stop, smile, and then the show begins. The son and daughter take center stage. They both take out a kazoo and each perform God Bless America for the two-part harmony. At the conclusion of the song, Mr. Pooper's the dog trots out in front of the son and daughter, turns around, and makes a little poop on the stage. The rest of the family has a look of horror and embarrassment on their faces. Mr. Pooper sits proudly next to the fruits of his labor. Each member of the family then takes out a crack pipe and a lighter. They all take a big hit in unison. They take the pipes toss them over their shoulders, and all exhale. A thick haze of crack smoke wafts over the room. The son and daughter take a few steps closer to Mr. Pooper's. The daughter lays down on the stage, face up, lifts her legs into a V, and inserts the kazoo into her anus. She plays a tune that I'm sure we're all familiar with. The son takes a running start and pumps Mr. Pooper straight across the room into the door of the talent agent's office, shattering the glass window of the door as Mr. Pooper flies down the hall another 15 yards. The son, an eight-year-old boy, mind you, drops his pants and reveals a huge erection that would be the envy of any man 10 years his senior. He mounts his sister and begins violently fucking his sister's vagina. He puts his hand over her mouth and nose, and with each carefully timed thrust, the kazoo in her asshole plays Beethoven's Ninth Symphony until the kazoo pops out of her ass, ricochets off the agent's desk, and hits her mother in the head, knocking her unconscious. The father sees this as an opportunity and rips off both his pants as well as his wife's gown. He then bends over, revealing a huge pulsating hemorrhoid on the edge of his anus, which he promptly lances with a Swiss army knife. He carefully drains the blood and the pus from his hemorrhoid into his wife's vagina. He then punches his grand the grandfather in the face, knocking him to the floor. He bends his wife over her father's body and fucks her up the ass, doggy style. The grandmother places a champagne glass under the wife's vagina, which then begins to ooze the blood and pus from the drained hemorrhoid out of her vagina, which is then followed by a thick yeast-like discharge. She lifts the glass and savors the foul concoction with the grace and elegance of the Duchess of York. Okay. Now this is where things get a little bit weird. Two podiums roll out into the room, complete with microphones and teleprompters. From the right enters Donald Trump. From the left, Hillary Clinton. It appears that the Donald will be the first to speak when suddenly, before he can even utter a word, Bernie Sanders comes up, 
running from behind Trump and whacks him over the head with a hammer. Trump falls to the ground and Bernie rips off the famous toupee, proudly affixing it to the top of his own head. The grandfather saunters over, over, drops his pants, and removes an adult diaper that has been caked with feces along with poorly digested pistachios and radishes. He places the crown diaper upon Trump's head. Bernie Sanders then produces a sickle and lops off Trump's head in one full swoop and then flies away in his G4. Hillary stands there in shock in her pantsuit, eyes and cankles bulging, when suddenly Barack Obama comes up from behind her, unzips his pants, and proceeds to beat her to death with his enormous black penis, dislocating her jaw and knocking out a dozen of her teeth in the process. He then fervently masturbates, shoots a huge load on her, on, on her carcass, and then he walks off stage, but only for a moment, because he returns with a locked trunk. He puts the trunk on the floor, unlocks it, lights a cigarette, and leaves. Out of the trunk pops an African slave boy with a chain around his neck. He uses the chain to strangle the son as he is fucking his sister, who, by the way, has been playing Beethoven's Ninth Symphony this entire time. The slave boy casts the son to the side, mounts the young girl, and violently alternates fucking her mouth, anus, and vagina while chanting, Okwa Tansingwan, Kalamsa Lajiwan. The reporter repeatedly screams out, Fuck me, nigger! Fuck me, you slave, spear-chucking, jigaboo, porch monkey! Nigger, nigger, fuck me harder, nigger! Coon! Coon! Now, you may find this very shocking, but what you can't see is that the African slave boy has broken the skull of a seven-month-old fetus that has been gestating inside the daughter's 11-year-old uterus. He feels the crack of the skull on his head of his penis, stops, reaches his arm all the way inside the daughter's vagina, and removes the fetus, proudly displaying it for all to see. The grandmother, who to this point has been conspicuously quiet from the performance, rolls a gallows pole behind the slave boy, drapes the noose around the neck, and hangs him. Grandpa picks up the fetus, rips off two arms and one leg, douses the limbs in kerosene, and begins to juggle the flaming fetus arms while performing who's on first with a Vietnamese ventriloquist dummy. Grandma then bends over, revealing the head of a hissing snake protruding out of her asshole. She grabs the snake by the neck and pulls it out of her ass, hand over hand, until a six-foot-long, shit-covered Burmese python slithers out onto the floor. The snake makes its way over to the one-legged fetus and begins to eat it. But before he swallows it whole, Mom, still awake thanks to the crack smoking, grabs the fetus by the head and snaps it off the body. She then throws the fetus head through the shattered glass of the agent's door down the hall and then calls out to Mr. Poopers. Fetch, boy. Mr. Poopers then leaps through the broken window, fetus head in his mouth, and returns the head to Mom. Mom takes the fetus head and impales it on her son's gigantic erect penis as he lies on the floor, still trying to remove the chain from around his neck, which has grown much tighter due to the fact that the slave boy has been lynched by Grandma. However, before the boy can get the chain off his neck, the father hoists the boy's pelvis into the air and begins to sodomize his son, but only for a few seconds. 
Dad then removes his penis from his son's ass, inspecting it closely. He seems to approve and then pulls a chunk of shit out of his dick slit hole and wipes it on his daughter's upper lip, making a Hitler mustache. The daughter now begins to spray a copious amount of blood from her vagina, which was afforded by the impromptu abortion, and sprays the blood, painting five large swastikas on the wall. This causes the placenta to shoot out of her vagina, which Grandpa catches with the skill and grace of Jerry Rice. He then uses the placenta as a makeshift condom, sliding it over his penis, and then promptly lowers the slave boy and fucks him up the ass. At this point, the floor is covered in bile, cum, blood, pus, and excrement. They're all ankle deep in this vile sludge. The father then takes out a beer funnel with six hoses. His wife collects the vile fluids off the floor with a bucket that for some reason stinks of crawfish and pours the liquid into the funnel. Mom then takes a stepladder, walks up, and positions her crotch over the funnel. She then begins to squeeze pus out of various genital warts that have infested her private parts. The family all then stands, funnel hoses in hand, and releases their thumbs from the hoses and drinks the cocktail. They all vomit onto the floor and take a bow. The father says to the agent, well, what do you think? The agent says, well, that's quite an act. What do you call yourselves anyway? The father responds, the aristocrats. <laughs>